Welcome to the podcast series from the Voices in Leadership webcast conversations at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. You may also watch a video of this event at www.hsph.me voices. Hello and welcome to those of you here in the studio and to our viewers online around the globe. I'm Eric Anderson, the director of Voices in Leadership. This series focuses on effective leadership to create positive change in public health. We're broadcasting from the Leadership Studio, where the programs and related content have received over 4 million views to date and counting. Today, we host a discussion entitled Building a Better City with former Massachusetts Representative Jeffrey Sanchez and Mayor Steve Benjamin. Stephen K. Benjamin has served as the mayor of Columbia, South Carolina, the city's first African-American mayor since 2010. In 1999, at the age of 29, Benjamin was appointed to South Carolina Governor Jim Hodge's cabinet as director of the state's Department of Probation, Parole, and Pardon Services. In his first term as mayor, his leadership helped cut unemployment by roughly half and secured billions of dollars in new regional capital investment in the midst of a national recession. Reelected for a second term by a 30-point margin in November 2013, Mayor Benjamin's administration has been characterized by his firm belief in Columbia's potential an intense focus on job creation. In December 2017, Mayor Benjamin initiated a city ordinance that banned the attachment of bump stocks and trigger cranks in the city of Columbia, making Columbia the first city in the nation to do so. He's a firm believer in common sense, bipartisan leadership, and endeavors to implement policies and programming that provide the best course of action for city residents. Before I turn this discussion over to our moderator, Representative Jeff Sanchez, a spring 2019 Mentoral Senior Leadership Fellow here at the Chan School. Please join me as we welcome Mayor Steve Benjamin to the Voices in Leadership series at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, I won't, I won't uh, repeat that incredible introduction that Eric just gave us, but to say thank you for coming again uh, to the Harvard T.H. Chan School of I, Public I, Health. I love it when people read my bio just like I wrote it. Isn't it great? <laughs> Isn't it great? It's, it's, it's <laughs> well, well, in that, you know, you've had, you've had this, this great distinguished career. You've done a lot of incredible things, and you've served as, as an inspiration to so many in your community and beyond. Um, but before all of that, you know, who's Steve Benjamin? Who's that, who's, who's that young man that, that, that felt that he could do big things, wow. especially coming from Queens, New York, Indeed. down to Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina? I, first of all, we don't talk about that in Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the, uh, you know, my, my parents are from Orangeburg, South Carolina, folks who may not be familiar. It's about 45 miles southeast, right between Columbia and Charleston. And they did what a lot of uh, African Americans did in the, in the last century. Uh, they were in that last wave of, 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 of folks who left the South, uh, heading North, looking for new opportunities for their families. My brother had been born in Orangeburg. Um, I was not yet a, a part of the family. Um, born and raised in Queens and, and just spent uh, the first 17 years of my, of my life in South Jamaica, Queens. Uh, the, the son of, a, of my mother was a career. Um, uh, AT&T, New York Telephone, 9X, Verizon, uh, all the, uh, the Ma, a Ma Bell employee. And my, and my dad worked a number of different jobs, uh, primarily as a painting contractor. Um, my first job, of course, working for him. Grew up in a house um, uh, full of, of, of hope and, and love and, and, and opportunity. And, and, and really, it, it helps it, it's helped animate my, my public and private life over the last um, several years. Uh, the reality that so many of our children 
Um, people talk about schools failing or, or, or other systems failing. The reality is that schools are building, and we usually have pretty qualified teachers in those in those buildings. We have a disproportionate number of our kids, you know, who come to school not ready to learn because they're dealing with adult issues at home. I, I, I've never had to worry about 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 love or, or shelter or safety or, or, or nutrition, all, all those issues. I, I came out of a loving household, and with the exception of being, uh, you know, a teenage knucklehead like most of us were <laughs> in those years. I uh, came out of a, a real, really strong uh, environment um, and, and still, literally to this day, supported by my mom and dad. They now live in Columbia uh, and help us raise our girls. That's great. And uh, so you talk about being a link in the chain of history. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. It means uh, I realize, and, I, and I'm, I'm even um, uh, more excited now that my girls, we have, we have uh, I keep saying my girls, I didn't birth any children. Uh, <laughs> our 14-year-old four, daughter, Bethany, and our, our youngest, Jordan Grace, uh, she's 12, realize that, that they are, are, are part of a, of a, of a mosaic, uh, a, a chain of, of events and, and, and people who, are, who contribute to, to uh, this incredible story, particularly this, the story of the African seed and the American sun, uh, but, but indeed the story of, of America, the, the, this, this behemoth, this uh, experiment that's, that's driven, the, that's defined the Western world for the last several uh, centuries. I, uh, I'm here I, when I when I when I come to um, uh, special and highfalutin places like Harvard and, or or I have meetings at, at the White House and other places. I, I'm wearing the cufflinks of, of Reverend John Wilson, who was a civil rights worker, educated minister, and in, uh, in South Carolina, he and his his wife uh, Danella Brown Wilson and so many neighbors joined George Elmore, who was. Um, uh, um, uh, the protagonist in a, in a, in a lawsuit that, that first opened up the South Carolina Democratic primary in, in, in 47, 48, which at that time was the only uh, real game in town. There, there were no Republicans in South Carolina back then. Believe it or not, there were no Republicans uh, back then. Uh, but his daughters gave me these cufflinks, and they, and they remind me uh, of the labors of so many men and women uh, who some who 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 will never go with 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 with, uh, with formal recognition, uh, but who laid the foundation for me even to suggest that I want to serve in public life, that I want to help contribute to the betterment of of my community or or this country, and um, I realize I'm standing on broad shoulders, uh, and it's it, it's my job now to present my my shoulders to to generations here and those that I'm born. And so realizing I'm, I'm a piece of the puzzle, and, and, and I've got to make sure that uh, I respect the service of those who came before us, but, but more importantly, that I continue to make sure that the promise of, of this great country is here for kids and others who come behind us. And in everything that we, we come up against, um, everybody, right? Um, there's a fork in the road, you know? It's Mayor Benjamin, but it could have easily have been you know, Steve Benjamin, the attorney working in large law firm. Yeah, sure. But you, you, you made a big choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did, the, how did that happen? Were there incidences that stuck out? Were, aside from your children being the, 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 the personal inspiration, Sure. what did you see, especially because here, here at the Chan, the School of Public Health, the students are they're so hungry to figure out, okay, where do I put all of this passion that I have to help people? Sure. That die, when that die was cast, that fork in the road um, came uh, years before I was ever a, a lawyer. I mean, it was, it was Steve Benjamin this path, and, and Steve Benjamin, who was uh, suspended from high school twice, 
and had, and had, just, and twice. had uh, just twice, just <laughs> twice, just twice, and, and had to go. And, you, and when I told that story for the first time publicly at, at my state of the state address, a uh, state of the city address, I uh, forgot I never told my. No, it was not an announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot I'd um I'd never told my children that story. <laughs> and you should see my youngest her eyes. She gets these bug eyes, and um, you know I had to go to night school uh, to finish high school, uh, and. And, and I say, say that I was on a, a, a path, um, uh, I was not taking the road less traveled by, and, and because of the influence of my, of my parents and some guidance counselors, I wound up being a kid who took the SAT late, applied to college late, but did really well in standardized testing, and I got into the colleges of my, of my choice, and wound up at the University of South Carolina, uh, surrounded by, in a, in a loving environment, by some incredible mentors uh, who, who, who put me on, on, on track to, to, to really start realizing that I could use all that energy I had uh, to really start fighting for social change. Um, so I uh, got involved as, a, as an NAACP youth leader, um, stayed involved in student government and student bar association. And early on, I realized that I had a whole lot more fun Outside the classroom, that did in the classroom, <laughs> and and, and late, later on, that translated uh, it was the same in, in practicing law. I mean, I, I'm, I've enjoyed practicing law. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good lawyer, uh, but I really love uh, serving I the public. I, I love serving more the public. than a pretty good lawyer. And yeah. They've all recognized you for all your hard work. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, the city itself. Tell us a little bit about the city. It's a majority. People of color, city. It's dynamic. And we're not. The, we're actually the, majority. We're actually majority white. I was we're, looking at. I was yeah. looking at. I was looking at the breakdown, and I was like, I was like, you got a pretty good mix. Yeah, we, we have, and that's one thing. If you have not been to Columbia, South Carolina, please come visit us. <laughs> we are the, the city's. Uh, we are we the first planned capital city uh, in America. Uh, birth March seventeenth. Uh, um, uh, we, we celebrate our, our, our birthday. We we are currently have citizens primarily driven by the University of South Carolina and our other wonderful colleges, two HBCUs, uh, uh, seminaries. We have the Army's largest training base in the world in Fort Jackson, uh, uh, state government. We have citizens and residents from every one of the 194 sovereign nations of the world. I mean, so is, is this incredible uh, environment there that allows us to, to, um, to touch people from around the world. South Carolina, as many people don't know, has more European foreign direct investment than any per capita than any state in the in, in the country. Uh, there's this, there's this opportunity to 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 really act locally and think globally and and, and use the the uh, position of the city. We we've been wonderful stewards of our, of our fiscal resources. Big believer that if you take care of people's money, they give you a lot of latitude to do other things. We finished seven in the last nine years with a budget surplus. We've not had a tax increase in a decade. Uh, We've invested heavily in the arts, 70% um, uh, increase in, in uh, public safety funding, um, continue to invest in our, in, in, uh, in our children and uh, uh, between free summer camps and, and the like. There's so much more always to do, but it's an awesome place that's going through an incredible revitalization, much like you're seeing around, around the country and, and around the world. We're seeing people rush back to urban uh, centers, and um, um, now in this country, 85.5% of our citizens live in cities and metro economies, 89% um, of the jobs are there, 92% of our uh, nation's GDP is created in cities and metro areas. So we've benefited from that, and but just being trying to be very intentional ab about our growth, uh, not growing for growth's sake, and, and, and trying to make sure it's inclusive growth that allows you to become the, the city that you want to be. Uh, the recognizing that we we don't we're we're, we're not a 
a gerrymandered congressional district. Uh, we, 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 we are a living, breathing organism of, 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 of citizens and, and folks who may not be citizens, but who, who also we have the same obligations to. Uh, and it's our job to make sure that we speak to the needs of, of a very diverse group of, of, uh, of individuals. And we've tried to do that. We try to lead from the front, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, pushing hard in some areas in, in which we feel the city needs to lead and, and certainly be a leader in the South. And, um, and we, we've taken a few arrows because of it. So how do, you see, how do you get to do that? I mean, how do, you, how do you sew it all together? Especially since, again, you have so many, you know, your econ the economy is pretty diverse, the people are diverse themselves, the ideas are very diverse, as sure. we've seen from some of, the, some of the ideas that you've put forward, you know, throughout the years. Sure. It's, uh, well, I think it's, it has to start with the intellectual honesty and emotional honesty that, that two people equally yoked, who may be people of goodwill, might look at the same thing and see it very differently. I mean, so, so first of all, uh, at, the, at the very beginning, recognizing you have to respect diverse opinions and diverse views. That you gotta go do your homework, you gotta, you gotta make sure you have the data and, and, and research to support your position, that you're always articulating a position that, that doesn't just speak about Columbia in 2019, but you're speaking very clearly about where you wanna be in 2029 and 2039. Uh, and once you, decide, once you decide that's the direction you wanna go in and you, and you spend your time, uh, uh, coalition building and, and building some consensus. Once it's, once consensus building is over, you got to lead. I mean, you, you've, you've got you've got to lead, and uh, the the stakes are really just too high. So we've we've had some um, um, some ups and, and downs over the years, but I, I think folks have respected the 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 fact that that we don't mind taking tough positions. If it's uh you know we're, we live in the American South where the uh, we're, we're Second Amendment is, 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 a, is a major um, issue, a major issue of concern in, in um, public discourse. Uh, I, I, I ran the state's second largest law enforcement agency. I am a gun owner. I'm a supporter of the Second Amendment. I, I own firearms. Um, but I also believe that with, with gun rights come gun responsibilities. And, and, that, and that there are certain um, types of weapons, that there are certain, we talked about a bump stock ban, certain uh, 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 additions to firearms uh, that shouldn't be on the street. We shouldn't have ghost guns where people are making guns, literally making guns at home uh, without serial numbers and, and uh, we sh uh, the trigger cranks and bump stocks. Uh, that there ought to be some responsibility if someone loses their firearm or someone steals your firearm to report that to the to the police department. Let's pull back a little yeah. bit. How were you able to do that? How were you able to get people in a room to be able to talk about that, especially in such a strong Second Amendment state? Um, to have these conversations about uh, enacting an extreme risk protection order. Yeah. Here in Massachusetts, we were so proud of ourselves. Sure. It's a little different. I mean, sure. we had some challenges, but again, it's such a strong, and, and it's not only that, it's the bump stock issue. Yeah. Um, it's also, um, uh, I mean, I think there's about four or five different pieces yeah. that you yeah. took on by taking this yeah. on. So how, how well, were you able to do that? And how did you build trust with people that they, they could count on it? And we'll have our second reading on our extreme, extreme risk protection order um, uh, ordinance next week. Uh, we'll have a new hate intimidation ordinance that we're passing and also passing gun-free school zones uh, next week. And I expect, just as the first reading, these votes will be unanimous. We have a very diverse council. Uh, and if you could put people somewhere on the political spectrum, that we, we have everyone represented there. And, uh, I think the fact we've been, we've been leading with our heads and leading with our hearts. And, and the reality is that when you get anywhere else in the country outside of uh, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, the vast majority of Americans uh, are, are where we are on, on, on these issues. And, and making sure that uh, not only do you bring the credibility of just good data, 
and common sense that you bring your law enforcement community with you. When I, when I show up on an issue, our chief of police and our sheriff are also there, and, and they, they agree with us. Um, I mean, it, it takes work, uh, but I think when people realize that you're informed, that you've done your homework, uh, that, um, and that you're resolute, uh, that, that you, 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 got your, you got your head up, but you also have it down. You're going straight, right. straight ahead. So help um, us understand that a little bit, because mm -hmm. so you just mentioned your counsel, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, you're sitting with a legislator, and uh, a former legislator, and uh, sometimes the mayors and the, legislator, the legislators, we have special relationships with each sure. other, right? Sure. Um, how you know, and there was you know, when you when you first started. Um, you did have, have some challenges, and how were you able to work with folks, or how were you able to move forward? Because sometimes you're not going to see eye to eye, but at the same time you have to maintain sure. respect in the relationship. Sure. And for those of you um, not familiar with our uh, uh, the geography of our city, we're we're about five blocks from the state capital. So so <laughs> you know, whenever someone's not happy with Columbia, usually it means the state house, not 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 the uh, not the city. Uh, but when we when we moved our, uh, to ban bump stocks, we, we, we there were several um, of our friends in the legislature who who took us to task and um, uh, and it's a, uh, introduced some bills to preempt us uh, from moving forward that with that ordinance. Um, not a few months later, of course, um, President Trump and, and uh, Attorney General Sessions indicated their their uh, plans to also ban bump stocks and that. Opposition faded away. It's it's amazing how things happen. But at the um, same time, that co those conversations were happening. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and we 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 don't mind stepping out. Some of you may remember when the Confederate battle flag came down in 2015 uh, in in South Carolina. It was a it was a, a to say that the relationships were strained would be an understatement. Uh, we got word that the State House Committee had approved at the State House uh, uh, protest on the same day for the Ku Klux Klan of. of, of Western North Carolina and the uh, new Black Panther Party of North Florida, they both went into rally same time, same day, uh, and they both got permits somehow. We don't control that process. Uh, but, but monitoring social media, our law enforcement agencies were, 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 were disturbed. We thought we would be Charlottesville before Charlottesville was Charlottesville, and decided we needed to do something. Um, so we, we called a special meeting of our city council, and we decided that the right of way surrounding the state capitol, we would make it um, a, a public park and would ban firearms uh, in, in that, in that uh, perimeter. Uh, we, in, we, in, we enforced it. Uh, we, were, we were sued immediately. Uh, the, we won on constitutional grounds, and we lost on state preemption grounds, and we had to pay uh, legal fees of, the, of, the, of opposing counsel. It was, it was, just being frank, the best $5,000 or so we ever, <laughs> ever spent. Uh, and, we, and we did the right thing. And, that, and, that, and, that, and I think if, if, you, if, you're, if it's clear that, uh, that you're being thoughtful and compassionate and doing the right thing, then you can rest at night. I mean, there, 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 there are more than enough issues uh, here domestically and globally to keep us up at night. Uh, we ought not uh, be, be up at night at things that we can actually impact. But as a mayor, you're on the ground at the same time you're in the stratosphere. How do you straddle the two, especially when you're taking on these really challenging issues that have so much emotion attached to them? I, you know, again, we're how do you, especially right now, you know, we're all so charged up these days. How do we get to those points where it's okay, all right, everybody, let's simmer down for a second. It's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult um, because obviously you can, you can easily get into the heat of the moment and, and realize, uh, and you have to kind of step back and realize, okay, I, it's my job to calm the situation down so we can actually have a real 
uh, dialogue. But don't you get challenged on that where people say, well, Mr. Mayor, this is where I want to see you do X. How do you, how do you handle oh, abso that? Abso absolutely. I, I thank them for their opinion. <laughs> I, thank, I thank them for their opinion. If, if, if they have information that I, I love to read still, uh, still that a kid who, who loved reading his weekly reader and, and learning about the world. Um, so if you have information to back up your position, please send it to me. And, and uh, I met with some folks just a couple weeks ago, and we couldn't have been more diametrically opposed on an issue. And I knew it before, before them, but, but I promised them an audience. We sat there, we had a wonderful um, back and forth, and, and I think we, we both heard each other's opinions, and, and, uh, and my position didn't change, and neither did theirs. Uh, but I think we, uh, we afforded each other a, a, a respectful civil environment in which we could have discourse and, and share our, our, our positions. Uh, you know, it, people, particularly in the world in which we live right now, where not only is uh, civil discourse lacking or reason lacking, but also just, just an agreed upon set of facts uh, it makes things very difficult, and, and, and it's so important that we that we kind of hold the line, continue to respect each other's opinions. But on those issues, uh, on those issues where where there's no compromise, where where we're talking about issues that go to your your, your values or or just the way in in, in which uh, we treat each other as as, as fellow human beings, um, uh, it, I just think. You hold tight those issues, all the other issues. We can always spend some time talking about and negotiating uh, uh, some of those issues, but most of those issues, um, some of us might, may see them as issues of, of, some say that they're enshrined in the Constitution, some think they're, they're, they're the result of natural law, God's law, whatever it happened to be. Uh, those you don't, you don't, um, you don't, you don't bend or, or break on those issues. So, so as a mayor and other things that you've done, you've had really strong people behind you. Tell us a little bit about being that organizational leader where you have you have a team that you have. How do you, how do you how do you build it? How do you have those what do you look for in people as you're trying to figure out this is what do I want to accomplish this year, this session, this term. Sure. Your ideas. Yeah, um Earlier, Eric went through my, my uh, bio when I took over at the Department of Probation, Parole and Pardon Services uh, gosh, 20 years ago. I was 29 years old. Uh, had some good experiences. I'd worked at two Fortune 500s and practiced law for a few years, uh, but I didn't know a doggone thing about running anything. Uh, I, did, I just did. I just didn't. It was. It was. It was. I, I got there um, uh, on the ground. Had a number of deputy directors at the agency who'd been there collectively in those positions for half a century. I mean, uh, and. My goal, I knew I'd be serving the governor for a few years. I wouldn't be there um, um, for the entirety of his term. Uh, was to not make any real structural change. Um, and it became quickly evident that I was going to have to do that. Um, my predecessor in the, in the job had been there, worked his way up through the ranks. The governor liked him, asked me to keep him involved. And after spending just a little bit of time with him, he, he had my job before I got there, literally the day before I got there, um, realized he was an incredible talent and made him my chief of staff. And we began to reshape the agency, a law enforcement agency. Like so many we, we, uh, uh, law enforcement agencies, uh, women uh, had a, a very difficult time climbing the, the, the ranks of, of the agency. We, we conducted a salary study, uh, determined that several of our, of our staff people were, were underpaid, and we corrected that issue. And I made a, a promise to myself that, we would, um, uh, that my successor would be, uh, would be a woman. Uh, and obviously, I was not the governor, so I couldn't, I couldn't guarantee that. 
but I could hire all deputy directors who were women. <laughs> and that's what I did. And that's what I did. I, I, uh, every one of my deputy directors uh, were, were female, and, and two of them wound up becoming the next two directors of the agency after I, I left. Uh, we have our first uh, female city manager uh, at the City of Columbia, who's, uh, who's, who's an incredible talent as well. Uh, finding ways to, uh, even consistent with, 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 with the system that we have established, to just be, to, to stretch a little harder, to, to think a little bigger about ways in which you can have thoughtful, inclusive leadership, making sure that we always operate from a position of love and, 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 and compassion, but you don't compromise on the incredible talent uh, out there. It, it helps you. It helps you really step up your game. Exactly. And now, you know, in, in closing, you know, what what message would you give the, the students of the school and and the worldwide audience that we have here today? I would encourage um, everyone within the sound of my voice. If you've never thought about public service, to think about it. Uh, think about running for office. Uh, think about serving um, local office, state office, uh, national office. The, the, this is indeed, even with all of its challenges, uh, I still believe the greatest um, uh, democratic nation in the history of the world. Uh, we, this is a place where someone uh, who comes from a position of, 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 of passionate leadership can really help change the arc of, of an entire nation. And, and if you change this nation, you change the world. We need good, thoughtful, talented people involved in discussion. You've been given a very special skill set you've acquired over the course of your lives. You're surrounded with some of the most talented professionals in the entire world, right here, uh, wherever you happen to be. Uh, make a difference, make, make a difference. The, the world needs you, this country needs you for sure, and your community, your city needs you. Well, we feel grateful and, and honored to have you here at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, and we appreciate uh, your commitment and your love for your community, but also for the example that you give to so many people on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, everybody, again, the, all these folks in the stratosphere, you being on the ground and looking up too and doing everything you're doing makes a real big difference and we're honored to have you here and thank you for taking the time. This is humbling, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been a Voices in Leadership production at Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. You can find the complete video of the event at www hsph.me slash voices. We encourage you to share Voices in Leadership.